What the hell is up? My name is Jamie Logan, and today I am doing a podcast in collaboration with Historical Amnesia, and it's Jamie's Corner. And I am being interviewed by my former high school teacher, Miss Cassiopo, and her dear friend Khadija. And they are the hosts of Historical Amnesia, which is a history podcast. And they wanted to have me on to talk a little bit about how farming even started here in America, why it's a system that affects everything from human rights, animal rights, the environment. And they wanted me to tell my story. So. Without further ado, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. You can follow me at It's Jamie's Corner. Check out at Historical Amnesia. Without further ado, here we go. Today, you're going to be talking about how our food is basically killing us and how we should probably all go vegan um, so that we could just make our bodies happy. Yeah, so I mean, going vegan, while it is great for your body and you'll feel better, it's rooted in the foundation of leaving animals off of your plate for ethical and moral reasons. And so that's really why I decided to take the leap. I was not born vegan. I was definitely not raised vegan. I know for a fact you (laughs) had many a bacon, egg, and cheese. That, my turkey and Swiss at lunch. Yeah, your turkey. Like, yeah, no, you you were eating it. Oh, yeah. I mean, this girl can eat, you know, that's for sure. But (laughs) I, I didn't start looking into how my food got to my plate until a few years ago and my life sort of just changed forever since since then yeah and just so everybody else has a little backstory this little nugget here uh attended the school to which i teach at that we shall not name um we shall not name it um but it is school she attended um, you've taught for so long like you're you've yeah. had the same job yeah you for know, a very for like long, a long time. time so now like, oh my how old do you think i am <laughs> Well, no, I mean, I know, like, you didn't, like, graduate 10 years ago, but, I mean, I always forget that, like, you've been there for so long that you can have these relationships years and years after. I got Miss whatever on the street the other day, and it was Ralph. Do you remember a guy named Ralph? Mm. We can blur out his name, too, so. Yeah, 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 Anyway, he knew who you were. Oh, um, yeah. Unforgettable. Oh, he was, he was, he was, he's 27. I nearly fell on the ground. I said, excuse me, you're telling me there's out here 27 year olds out here that I taught? Shut the fuck up. Ralph. We don't want to think about that, Matt. No. No. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, it is wild. It is wild. But you know what? You were a great part of shaping who we are today. I guess. So, yelling you. at you to get out of the hallways and into classrooms. I and get had a long phone. word, okay, that... I would use to transport myself to and from the subway station. Thank you. Thank you. And there were times where I would ride it down the hallway just because it would be a lot quicker to get to the class that I was probably going to be late for. And she would chase me down the hallway. Are you going to catch a fucking longboard, though? No, I'm just like, get off. Get get it off. It's like, catch me if you can, but you couldn't. So, no, I like to say, the thing I like to say is, get out of my hallways. Kind of like, get off my lawn. I go, not my hallway. Get back to class. Get back to class. You know what I say? I say, go on those other floors where they don't enforce the rules. Not here. Mm -hmm. Sixth floor. Should we just try to make sure you don't break your neck and stuff? You know? Yeah. And also, get out of the hallway. What are you doing? Get to class. You got got somewhere to be? I got somewhere (laughs) to be. She was trying to get somewhere, clearly. (laughs) Thank you. Somebody that understands me, finally. All these years of emotional abuse where I'm like being, being told. on time, you know? Thank you. You're like, I'm just trying to lawn, lawn Also, board it's like way. a longboard is such a big ass fucking board. Stupid. 
ridiculous. Is that one of those like mini ones? Yeah. But she was there during like the run, like the heyday, the like height, the glory days of just like awesomeness. And that's all I'll say. But anyway, we digress. Do you know what's not awesome? What? Our food in the United States. Disgusting. Even our vegetables suck. Fucking GMO ass seeds. (laughs) (laughs) And then I saw somebody on TikTok going like, do you know why you like Brussels sprouts now? Because they're genetically modified and they're not bitter anymore. So don't shit on GMO seeds. I'm like, okay, everybody, let's just turn it down a notch. Let's give everyone seeds that they can't ever grow again. Like all of the fruit and all the stuff doesn't produce seeds. So you can't like get seeds and then continue to grow. You have to keep purchasing seeds. That's wild. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) I don't like that. The food system is definitely really messed up. But the good news is that there's are there are solutions and there's things that we can do at an individual level to help that process happen faster so that we can secure a future for our children and our children's children. Because right now we really are facing scary times ahead. And we, we, I don't know if you want me to get into kind of how I started looking into the food system. I think that's a good starting point. You know what? This is your episode. You know what? It's, you <sighs> know we're what? Just we, here we're to just learn. here to feature you. Oh, you know, kind. you know, we put you in the middle. It's kind of one of those things that the more you know, the further you run. And it was a process for me. So back in high school, I was super outgoing, super just go with the flow. I never really wanted to get political about anything. And I kind of kept oh. things light. I mean, you could you could attest to that. I can. And I'm just sorry. I'm having like flashbacks of this ding dong, just like <laughs> skipping down the hallway, just being like an idiot. And it just made me laugh. I mean, who would have thought that seven years later, we would be here now podcasting. Oh, fuck no. Discussing, you know, really important world issues. Yeah. No. Hell no. no. I, when she graduated, I was like, I hope she makes it. <laughs> <laughs> So she's just out no, here she, living on a cloud. No, right. I was. I was in the clouds. Yeah, no, just like I hope like she remembers that she has to go to class and that like if you don't do the work, you can't be like, but you love me. Can I turn it in late again? Like, right. I was like, I'll do a little bit of extra credit. I remember telling Fallon, I was like, I'll just stack your books for you and get extra credit points to be able to pass. <laughs> Jesus. So I had this rebellious streak in me from a young age. There was definitely a part of me where I was like, I didn't want to just follow the status quo and follow everybody. Correct. So I was around 14 years old when I was visiting my grandparents in the summer in Indiana. And it was super, super hot outside. We were on the highway. I was sitting in the car with my dog, my brothers and my grandparents. And alongside us came a pig livestock truck. And Growing up in the city, you don't see farm animals often. I mean, maybe you go to the occasional petting zoo, but it was something that I remember looking outside of that car window and seeing probably upwards of 50 pigs crammed inside of this metal truck, panting for air, no food, no water. And I remember feeling really uncomfortable about it. And that kind of got me curious about going vegetarian. But being somebody in high school that wanted to just get along with people that didn't want to really stand out and cause problems, again, somebody that didn't want to get political, I would kind of go back and forth on it. Mm -hmm. 
and not really go vegetarian all the way. I would maybe be vegetarian for like six months to a year and then stop and then go back. And it wasn't until college that I see a documentary called Earthlings. And that just went through the standard practices of how the meat, dairy, and egg industries work. And that shook me. I mean, that was one of the hardest things that I actually had to watch. And it becomes the question of if we don't even want to watch these things, why are we paying for it? Mm. And I went down this rabbit hole of learning this information about how this doesn't only extend to the animal cruelty, but also the human cruelty Mm -hmm. behind these industries, where these factory farms are located, uh, who's working in the slaughterhouses, what's happening to those people. We just saw that children were working in some of these slaughterhouses. Yep. That's like, like, recently came out. And like, and that... The environment. And I think like what's making, making me make my way... Because I think I can't even go vegetarian. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to just go all the way. But like when you go to Europe, you just feel different when you eat food there. Like even like aside from like meat, whatever, because you went to Europe and saw what they were doing, killing animals in Europe. So like it's the same grotesque thing there than here. Yeah, but but there's people that are celiac, like actually celiacs that can eat bread. Yeah, so like what make me look at it is that like for me in the United States, what's the money angle? And for me, I think our food is all and the the terribleness of it all is rooted in money, like big agro business. Like if there prior to the 1950s, we did not eat meat the way that we eat meat today. Meat culturally everywhere is something that's a special occasion thing. It's not a... I'm not having a steak every day. Like that doesn't seem rational at all or make any sense. But the amount of meat that they're producing is disgusting. Yeah. And 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 you can kind of like speak to that. that like all of this comes through subsidies and big corporations and buying up land and being mono, um, mono farming, just growing corn, just growing soybeans, just growing hay to feed all the animals that they then kill for us to eat. Like, and I think like, again, like you made me start going down that rabbit hole. And, and for me, when I, when I smell government corruption, I, I'm like a dog (laughs) with a bone and I'm like, let me, and that's what I did today going down the rabbit holes. Like, I mean, I knew it by teaching Upton Sinclair and the food and drug administration and why we had the, the food protection act to make sure things were healthy for us. And the fact that the pesticides, the hormones, everything that's going into the food that they feed the animals and then we're eating that and then what it's destroying the land these animals are being treated like shit so that they can be produced so these people can make money to make subsidies off of it because i guarantee you if there was no subsidies and these people could not agro farm like this and have all this we wouldn't we wouldn't be in this mess we would be figuring out a different way to be sustainable and actually grow food for people to eat or encourage urban like planting and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so many points that you made that I want to touch on, but I think first and foremost is addressing the fact that the food industry is 
rigged. It is corrupt. It is based on big mega agricultural businesses that don't care about the land that it harms. They don't care about the animals or the people that it harms. They only care about making money. And how can they make the most amount of money? It's through government subsidies. It's through bailouts. And the way that the food system works is you have these lobbyists that go into Congress that the meat, dairy, and egg industry hires that will take $20 million and turn it into $30 billion, just as an example. And with those $30 billion, let's say consumers are buying, you know, less meat, dairy, and eggs, they're eating more plant-based products, their consumer purchases are not being reflected in the food system because the government just bails out these big ag businesses. For example, you have the dairy industry. People are not buying as much milk per se and so you see these farmers that are just still incentivized to continue producing those products and as a result you have all of this waste this excess product that people are not even consuming and then you also are then facing world hunger and people that don't ha- that are hungry that w- would would take any product yet they're dumping these products so it's it's literally we we our taxes are at war with our consumerism and and there was an organization called AFA that made an estimate that said that around 250 to 500 million animals are slaughtered unnecessarily and that their body parts literally just go to waste because what nobody's Mm-hmm. That's how that's how much they're producing, and then that's how little is being consumed. I mean, people are very wasteful in this country. But to backtrack, this the, I I come from a standpoint of total animal liberation. I do not think that we should be even raising family farmed or whatever the hell you want to call it. Let's say the animal has a name, and you raise the animal, you brush the animal three times a day, you give that animal love, and then you drop them off at the slaughterhouse. I think that that is the ultimate act of betrayal. Like, what is that, um, uh, 4-H, like, kids do? FFA, oh, 4-H. see the 4-H? The goat. That fucking, ca- I couldn't believe that mm-hmm. shit. This woman raised, a, this girl, a child, mm-hmm. raised a goat and for 4-H. It's a whole thing. I don't, you know, I don't come from that kind of lifestyle, so I have no idea what that's about. But then you, like, go to the competition, and then after the competition, and they slaughter the goat. She had a relationship with the goat. She didn't want to slaughter the goat. The mom said, it's fine. You don't have to slaughter the goat. They had the motherfucking sheriff's office come to this girl's house to pick up the goat to kill it. Yeah, they raided the sanctuary that the goat was at. What the fuck? But (laughs) it just goes to show that that is just one little tiny example. I mean, there's hundreds of thousands of children that are raising these animals and that don't want to see them get harmed, that don't want to send them to slaughter because they see that these animals think, they have feelings, they suffer, they desire to live. And we are just so caught up in this culture, this tradition of farming animals and sending them to slaughter just because it's something that we had to do at one point. But now that we're in this modern day of 2023 where we can go into supermarkets where you, me, and you, we have access to healthy plant-based foods. Some people don't. And I'm not speaking for everybody, but I do think that down the road, that is something that organizations are working on is making healthy food accessible. And so when we look at the government subsidies, right, you have food in general isn't accessible in certain neighborhoods. It's just like food deserts. Let me ask you, why do you think that they have fast food restaurants in impoverished neighborhoods? Who do you think is then affected 20 years from now down the road with heart disease, cancer, Diabetes. diabetes? 
And if you think about it, if someone actually had access, because I, I watched one of your episodes once when someone's like, oh, eating vegan is so hard. You're like, is it? You're like rice, beans, vegetables. And like, if you think about it, that's the basis of most, any real culture's diet is a carb and it's mostly. Our food pyramid is a lie. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. not a real thing. And it's something that they actually made us learn in school, which is mm-hmm. crazy to me. Like, how is that a thing that none of these things are actually in the order that they should be? We don't yeah. need any of these things. Well, how about the nutritional guidelines say that half of our plate should be fruits and vegetables and then the other half is animal products and proteins. And yet they subsidize 99% uh, to, just towards the animal agriculture. So it's like you're not even even making it fair these prices of meat dairy and eggs are so artificially low and it's so unfair because if they actually just put a little bit of that sub- those subsidies our tax dollars if they just took a little bit of our tax dollars and put them into subsidies and bailouts for fruits and vegetables we would see more healthy food being so much more accessible cauliflower price went up and did it i, no, I love I cauliflower jordan eats it all the time my partner is a uh, pescatarian so, but he's trying to do less in general because he realized that because he's getting fish so much and it's also like, it's not like when we buy fish, it's fish that's like, like not farm raised and things like that. And they're all, the farm raised salmon is so bad for you. It's Look at disgusting. Jamie's face. I love watching it's her. Fucking disgusting. Look at her. Do it. Say they it. Have say it. Say what it. you want to say about no. fish. Say what fish? you want to say about fish. What I they see do her. To fish Look at her. She wants to tell you about all oh. the fish. No, I know. I watched this crazy thing and then I Look saw her. all the sores all over Look them and their mouths and all the. Th- Look oh, at her. God, Wait, say it about fish. Go. So, okay. Talk to me where, about where fish. Where do I start? Where do I begin? Okay, so the fishing industry, I think, is hands down the worst industry that exists in animal farming because they kill the most amount of individuals. It's around 2.7 trillion individuals killed every single year. And the amount of destruction, just environmental destruction, that is caused by fishing. This is not just farmed. This is in the wild. They're taking huge nets, dragging it across the ocean, catching dolphins, turtles, whales. I have a personal uh, antidote for sharks. The reason Somali pirates exist is because of commercial fishing that's not farm-raised. They went into all, because it's the largest coastline of one country in Africa, mm-hmm. without any permits or any government regulation. And it was America and Russia and China and a bunch of other fucking different companies. They went in, they did overfished. mass overfished. So then people that are, you know, small boats in the area can't fish. And then on top of that, dumped waste. Mm. So when the tsunami happened in Japan, cool, everything came up onto awesome. the beaches and you could see it and it's not just one country it's multiple countries because they're all in different languages well people oh. want to so talk- they killed the animals in there <laughs> people want to talk about all the plastic in the ocean mm-hmm. and they want to talk about pollution well the most of the plastic in the ocean is from fishing nets it's it's literally from the fishing industry however again i don't come from the standpoint that we should be killing fish to begin with. I mean, it's one thing if there's a, a person in a village that's doing it for survival. Okay, I I guess that is an, a, a single example and it's an exception. And it's I an think outlier. We, it's an outlier. And, and that's and, what's annoying. People try to use outliers for the reasons why the en masse shouldn't exactly. do certain things. They're like, well, what about indigenous mm-hmm. people? You're like, 
I'm not talking about them mm-hmm. because when indigenous people, when that happens, it's religious. I'm talking about you. It's something else. It's not else. even necessarily religious. It's just not wasteful. If I'm doing something, I'm using every single part of said fish. And again, like lamb, whatever that one to two, and- that person, that a small village in the Amazon that's still living off of the ways that they have for generations. That's one thing. But to do, what I don't think I have any doing. right to tell a Filipino person oh. not to fish. Oh off no, of the land their that land that they've lived, lived on. That's no, none of my fucking business. But like, I think when we at large in Western globalized, I you know what it is the globalized North. When the globalized North has in mass projected its um, <clears throat> greed, <clears throat> the industrialization of it all. And that's what this has become. Right. But where does it start? It all starts as one small person collecting eggs from their chickens. And then, oh, they sell it to a few neighbors. Then they sell it to the village. Then it becomes an industrialized I have a question for you industry. about eggs. Because sure. I, this is a legitimate question I have. All right. So if a person has a chicken, do they need like two chickens? And then the chicken just has the eggs. But eventually chickens stop giving eggs. How long is it when chickens start giving eggs, they stop giving eggs? I don't know anything about chickens. Like, what is that? Like, you're getting a dozen eggs. How many chickens make a dozen eggs? And if they were just in the one, like, first answer that question. And yeah, then like, I have if, a chicken, if, if a chicken is just If a chicken quacks life, in the forest, how is, many like, eggs what is, is it what doing? Is egg situation? Like, yeah, like, what is the life of eggs and how does the eggs work? Because eggs are periods. Jamie wants everyone to know we're eating periods. I want everybody to know that eggs are chicken ovulation. So just like you and me, every single month we have a period. It's the same with chickens. They have one hole. It's where they shit, urinate, and lay eggs out of. I did know that. Okay, good. <laughs> I didn't know that. And I, t- I was today years old to know they have one hole. When you said one hole, I really it's <laughs> not yeah, not super appetizing. So a lot of people ask me, they're like, okay, I get why maybe people are vegetarian, but I'm not sure why people go vegan because it's like, well, does dairy actually kill the cow? Does eggs actually make the chicken suffer or kill the chicken? And the answer is yes to both okay, of tell those. Me. So me. I guess we could break down the egg industry. So just to start from the very beginning, the way that the egg industry is set up is you have hatcheries and these are places where chickens are so there was big long so i have driven from new york city through pennsylvania through ohio through amish country where i've seen these really long barns and i think those are the chicken barns possibly yes yes those those are factory farms and they're basically kept in sheds Uh, a lot of those are considered cage free even though they're just basically shoved in there thousands and thousands of birds at a time but what i want people to understand is that these hatcheries they hatch male and female chicks and the real issue that i have with eggs is that because the male baby chicks are no profit to the industry they are ground up alive within the first few hours of their lives and that is the problem with eggs because then even when a person buys a chicken as a backyard chicken they're still supporting the hatcheries they're supporting the industries so then these chickens are if they're going to factory farms they have the tips of their beaks sliced off within just a few days of being born as well and because they're kept in such confined that they areas pipe. that they actually will peck each other and go crazy. Uh, there, I mean, there's so many practices in the industries where pigs are mutilated. They have their teeth pulled, their tails docked, they're castrated. Uh, cows have their horn. I mean, it's really it, this is these are stand, standard legal practices that if done to any other species would be very illegal, would, would not be OK. Right? We look at Sunny and I got 
I got Brett behind me. Right. So Harriet over there. What's the difference? We ask what is the difference between farm animals and, and any of these animals. And my jungle here right. in Brooklyn. And I really do believe that the first form of oppression that we're taught is that we love some animals and we eat, kill, and torture other animals. And it really doesn't make much sense at the end of the day. So going back to your question about chickens, it's one of those things where in the wild, just like us, they would produce probably anywhere from 12 to 30 eggs a year, but because they've been so genetically modified, they, they actually end up producing over 300 eggs a year. And then their production slows down after a few years. I know I, there are chickens that can live to be about 10, 10 to 12 years old about, but the average lifespan of those type of birds are around five years old because they literally, their bodies can't handle, they end up developing ovarian cancers and their little bodies literally can't handle it. So as soon as their production slows down, those hens are sent to the slaughterhouse. And I always say, when you see chicken trucks on the slaughterhouse, when you see chicken trucks on the highway, a lot of those birds that have come from egg farms are, that's the only light of day that they've ever seen in their lives is the drive to the slaughterhouse. Yeah, well, that's so fucked. And a lot of that is rooted, if they did not, okay, so this is a question I have for you. Thank you for answering my egg question. So really they only produce a dozen eggs a year. What are we doing? About, give or take. So what are yeah. we doing? Why are we having? Eggs on eggs on eggs. Correct. <laughs> yeah, why, it's so weird how it's become so normalized to have chicken periods in our breakfast sandwiches it's there's amazing vegan options where you can make tofu scrambles you can make just egg sandwiches which are made from mung beans that are amazing sources of protein i do smoothies a lot of the time in the morning oatmeal with protein powder you name it i, I eat everything that i used to eat except a vegan version mm -hmm. so when it comes to the dairy industry this is really really messed up it's i mean another form of just outright exploitation that's normalized in our society and what happens is you have mother cows that are artificially inseminated and impregnated because the only reason that cows produce milk is for their babies, just like us. So nine months later, once she gives birth to her baby, if it's a boy, they will be killed shortly after birth for veal. And some, they keep them in crates, these little huts by themselves. I've seen that when I'm, okay, again, driving from here to Ohio and then through to Illinois. I've seen them. And now that Jamie told me that those are the babies, I mm. want to stop the car and I want to just go and steal them. Well, and, livestock and literally covers 45% of Earth's total land. It stinks, too. I'm going to say this. Marjorie Taylor Greene had the fucking goal. The goal to call my city disgusting and smelly. Ma'am, have you driven from here to Ohio? It smells like shit. Well, you wanna know why? Because it's covered in those farms, like, and, and, and it was half fields full of whatever, and it's mud. Mm -hmm. I've, I've driven through Bakersfield, California, where I saw these poor cows in knee-deep worth of mud and shit. It smells disgusting, it's methane. So the reason being is because literally every single minute, seven million pounds of excrement is produced by animals raised for food in the U.S. So to break that shit. down, what the, yeah, that's a lot of shit. That's 116 pounds of waste per second. You want to talk about fresh water? You want to talk about the people that then are living in these areas and affected by these factory farms? 
I mean, they, it's insane. These people develop horrible asthma. They oh, develop yeah. respiratory issues, cancers. So when we look at our, even our fresh water supply, yeah. literally animals produce enough waste to cover San Francisco, New York City, Tokyo, and a few more, a few more cities. It's insane. Like a like a blanket of of freshly fallen snow, but instead it's it's mounds and mounds of, of shit. Yes, it's just completely unsustainable. It's just the amount of resources it takes to raise these animals, to kill them, to store their body parts. We cannot keep doing this. It's just not working. It's not going to be something that our future generations are going to be able to support because they're going to be having wars over water. And we're already seeing that. We're seeing people having to uh, migrate because of the climate that's changing. How dare you? Don't, there's no such thing. Don't How? Tell, what did I say? The reason, <laughs> How dare you? The only yo Kim knows my favorite thing to say is people why don't why don't you want to have kids? Um, I don't want to have a baby on my back and search for water. That is my go to phrase. Like you're so extra. I'm really not. And you know what? You know what's funny? And I think this might be. And and tell me if I'm wrong that I I connected these dots. Um, but you know like when people are like oh almond milk all, all, that ca- there's so much water that goes into making that. But if you look at how much water goes into the land of like the barley or whatever the fuck we feed farm animals. Again, I don't even know how this happens and yet I eat them. So yeah, we're literally trying to feed 80 billion farm animals. But when you look at almonds, it doesn't even compare to the amount of water and resources that it takes mm-hmm. to produce dairy milk. Yeah. Uh, just one gallon of dairy milk takes a thousand gallons of water. To produce jesus christ that's insane so it's like you want to compare the two yeah maybe almonds aren't the most sustainable of the plant-based milks but you have a hundred other options oat milk rice milk hemp milk cashew milk coconut milk i mean the list goes yeah, on and on i don't on. like coconut milk. why are I'm you gonna put, st- i'm gonna say that here officially on this podcast the i do not like coconut milk i don't like it <laughs> i don't love coconut milk either, do you, know, but you know what milk i love you know, you know, you know my outside my favorite milk Co- oat milk oat milk it's my favorite you know what the it's barista, okay. the barista oat the milk. The brown person likes coconut milk, and the white person <laughs> likes oat milk. It makes the most sense. I like How cooking with you? coconut milk. Huh? I like cooking with coconut milk, yeah. but I don't like drinking it. Yeah, I don't want to no. drink it alone. You know what? In coffee, coconut milk is so fucking delicious. Okay. I guess everybody has their own <laughs> experience <laughs> with certain milks, but at least you are not drinking a mother's milk meant for her baby. No, uh, I, I, I never drank my mother's milk formula well but you've drank it you've drank other mother's milk fuck off (laughs) why i'm so short dick no so people have this misconception that oh milk gives you strong bones oh that was propaganda so let's bring it back let's bring it back to world war ii era oh wow do you know it as a history teacher and as a person that knows that taught her history I can tell you she did not learn this when sitting in that class because she was not paying attention. <laughs> Wait, and you did not go over this in history class. No, we did not go over this part, but we did go over World War II. And I can guarantee you learned this post. I had to do I had to do a little backtracking. Yeah. Yes. Did you remember it when you were reading it? No, because this you part was not in the book. Because you were in the hallway. <laughs> I was anyway, riding my longboard. Yeah, okay, go. So right, anyway, go. so let's bring it back. So you have... The troops that are out at war, okay, and you have women that are home in the house taking care of the children. These 
dairy industries actually started producing powdered milk to send overseas because it was something that was like, I guess, easier to get over. And when they came back from war, they actually had all this excess dairy. And so what do you think they did with it? They started advertising the hell out of dairy products. Gross. And so then it became a household item and the strong bones, the, is it just a complete myth? It's, it's actually shown that the societies that consume the most amount of dairy products are the ones that have the highest rates of osteoporosis, which is bone fractures. And milk is so acidic that it actually leaches calcium from your bones. So there's a lot of great plant-based sources of calcium that will sustain you. I mean, it's it's a known fact at this point, the science is pretty clear that you can thrive and survive off, off of a whole foods plant-based diet at all stages of life. And, so and, there's, I have a thing about that before. Yeah. I'm going to talk about government cheese later, but it said, um, with the onset of wartime rationings and shortages leading, leading into the Second World War, there were growing fears about the long-term stability of United States food supply. As with any commodity, the demand for dairy fluctuates, yet the nature of dairy production makes it challenging to quickly ramp up or down production in response. Lawmakers worried that any blow to the nation's dairy farmers could lead to drastic shortages down the line. So they just... We're like, keep doing it. We'll pay you. Don't worry about it. So, okay. So they were living in a in a, a place of fear, not hope. So apparently, I didn't know this, and I learned this on TikTok. But um, that when your fear is lit up in your brain, your hope part of your brain can't activate. So if you're hyper in fear, you can't activate. So if that's like all there, like I would just, what if the the Cold War happens and then the, the we don't have milk. No. You're just in, you're making fight or flight decisions yeah. as opposed to rational decisions. It's just so weird to me. There's nothing rational about taking milk from another mother, yet alone from another species. We are the only species to exist that literally drinks milk from another species. It makes no sense. I ask people, would you drink dog milk? Would you drink rat milk? Would you drink giraffe milk? How about would you drink your mother's milk as an adult? People say no to all of those, yet they would go and drink milk from a, a cow. Khadija, we are not judging people's kinks. Okay, there's some people <laughs> that have yeah, kinks. Okay, and we're not. Some people we, do. Here, we don't yuck people's yums, except, except. I don't yuck people's yums. Except that we do. A little except bit. Except that we do. A little bit. I mean, it um, comes to a point where if there's a victim, at the end of the day, and this goes with any social justice movement, I would speak up uh, against racism. I would speak up against homophobia. I would, again, speak up against speciesism. If there's a victim at the at the other end of it, I do believe we have a moral responsibility to speak up about it and say something. No, and I think you're right. I think it's, uh, and I think, again, that's what's... Um as I look at this little one, I could never imagine eating her, but why do I eat others? So Sunny loves Jamie more than me. And Sunny went to a protest. She did. She did. She protested other dogs being held captive. Yeah, she did and a she great said, job. Uh, she's like, she I want... Vanderpump? No, she basically... <laughs> basically what Sunny was like, hey guys, so I live in Brooklyn and like I'm not cool. With you guys being here. So, like, this is what I'm here. I'm here once. And she posted, and then she never went again. That's what Sunny is. She's a Karen. I told you. (laughs) I told you she went to one protest and thinks she can save the world now. There you go. Saving all her animal friends, right? So, let's take it also back to the actual start of the agriculture industries, the many pins. 
post-slavery, you have these farmers, about 50% are people of color, the other 50% are about are white farmers, and this is where farming really gets fucked up, because Oh you no! Are you telling me government- racism is involved with how, how farming get gets subsidies? fucked up? Ding, 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 ding! <laughs> who do you think? And who still it doesn't still, get to that in subsidies? So, There's yeah. not a lot of black so, farmers. For those listening, we'll I explain. Know. Basically, you have FDR introduces these government subsidies, and it was one of those things where during the Great Depression, these subsidies were introduced because they wanted to make sure that people got fed. Yeah, during and, the New Deal. Exactly. So because these black farmers couldn't get the bailouts that the white farmers were getting, you now see that the amount of farmers that are white are white. There's barely any black farmers that are actually there, still farming. There's like five or six. It's, some, like, it's honestly like the lowest number ever. It's something absolutely ridiculous. For does, Karen, like one- does Karen know that any in Surrey? In Surrey County? I wonder if they still farm. I oh, wonder because she had a farm. Yeah. Well, she has there a farm. There is a large family and it's black in Virginia that still farms, but they were having issues with the government recently. Oh, shocking. <laughs> shocking. And they have a Republican governor. So these black farmers were literally pushed out of farming at the start of the century. And so when you have 50% that were African-American, 50% that were white, and now barely, and now you don't have black people that have access to subsidies. And it's really fucked up. And it's still that way today. So it's one of those things where 91% of our government subsidies are going to these white farmers that are creating excess product that we're not even using yet people are complaining that our tax dollars are also going to people that need food stamps it's like why aren't you complaining about our money going to farmers that are wasting product and this is where and this is where i'm so proud of you because i think that's something that and i think this is again that got us all that's how my road towards this was was looking at that and and, you know when you hear people like clarence thomas um say things like welfare is bad um and all this is and judging people that need help from the government to get by and then you don't have a problem with government subsidies, which is government welfare, which in my economics class, we don't use the word subsidies, we use welfare. And so we say, which states are receiving federal welfare? And we are very clear in the rhetoric that we use because to call it a subsidy and call the other thing welfare is to call two similar things two different words because one feels better than the other. And and there's a reason for that. There's a reason why- versus immigrant. Correct. And and so, I mean, you're talking about the ag business. When I, I looked it up, so um, in 2016, the ag business, um, agrochemicals, specifically with pesticides, that's also killing animals. It's killing all the bees. We want to know why we have no bees. It's because all of the pesticides that the lobbyists have let through and it's destroyed their central nervous system, which is then going to affect our ability to actually grow food and then we're going to have to continue to industrialize how we grow food. But they spent $33 million in 2016 lobbying governments to continue governmental welfare to these farmers to continue this fucking sick-ass cycle as we all get sick. As I personally know, people in my family, we did not have cancer in our family prior to. And then all of a sudden, bing, bam, boom, multiple people in my family – are, are have weird cancers they're not even like they're just weird like they're weird and odd and so like it's all connected to the environment to the food 
all of it. Only 10% of cancers are genetic. And it really goes to show that we are what we eat. And so many of our health problems today are directly related to what we are consuming, also where we are living. You know, if you're living next to a power plant or, you know. Or where a laundromat used to be. Oh, tell me. Or yeah, where a farm is. is raising cows. Yep. Yeah, so, all of those things. I mean, it goes to show it's not a coincidence that big ag and big pharma are connected. It's money for them. Sick people are money. So, yeah. keep eating these products, keep getting sick. That's how. And it's all it processed works. food. I mean, speaking of processed food, how much cheese do you think the American government is literally sitting on? Oh, oh, I looked this up. Is it a, is it a trillion or a billion? It's more than a billion, oh but it's not a trillion yet. Literally sitting on a billion pounds of cheese. Like big old cheese wheels. And guess whose fault it is? Reagan! Yeah, yeah. buddy! <laughs> it's always Reagan! It's always Reagan. What's <laughs> that scene for you? The year was 1981. <laughs> He was just elected. Well, it's like, why do we Jamie, think that every Jamie, single commercial Jamie, is a double cheeseburger? Wait, were you born in any year that began with a one or a nine? Yes. Okay. okay <laughs> All right. I forgot for a Literally second. Literally taught her. I, like I don't remember should... anymore. Ninety-eight. Really okay. Yeah. Right. So she, she's ninety-eight. She just got in there. I'm a nineties oh kid. Come on. The federal. I'm a nineties <laughs> kid. She says as a two-year-old in ninety-nine. <laughs> Get out of here. Stop it. She's a 2000s. Oh, the 90s. You know, people that were born in the 2000s can drink, okay? Just like, we're way past being... Exactly. No, yeah. I know. It was just like, it, it was a thought I had for a second, okay? So what about the 90s? Where are you going with this? Nothing. Go. Um, the federal government in 1981 had 560 million pounds of cheese. Most of it stored in vast subterranean storage facilities. Isn't it like Minnesota? Oh my God, there's a cheese cave in my neighborhood. Okay, we're not okay, talking sorry. about sorry, sorry, cheese. Jamie no. wants them sorry. No, out of business. I think it's crazy. We're putting um, them out of business in Brooklyn. So decades of propping up the dairy industry by buying milk surplus and turning it into processed commodity cheese had backfired hard. So this is where the word government cheese literally came from. <gasps> no. So it's welfare because they literally <laughs> would give you a block of this processed ass disgusting Shut cheese. Shut the fuck up. That's the cheese that people were getting was the ones in the cave in the... Su- Get full circle first well, full circle fucking crazy but here we, here's the problem too cheese actually has hormones in it that makes it physically addicting people are actually addicted yeah, to i know chemistry. my name uh-huh. is kim and i'm addicted to it i have mm-hmm. a whole bunch of we have there's a there's a broken lotter right, and it comes to, i won't so yeah, it's she's one of gonna those take things it out of where my fridge before she leaves also it makes us um sick by eating these products a lot of people are lactose intolerant and we definitely don't need to be eating cow breast coagulated cow breast milk <laughs> it's basically what it is kitty milk kitty milk kitty milk <laughs> So yeah, can that's you a story get a, with Can cheese. you make a merch that says like something about titty milk? I will wear it. If you said, <laughs> have you have a shirt that says something about like don't drink titty milk or something that has says titty milk? I will wear a shirt that says titty milk, especially to any lesbian bar. <laughs> I will definitely wear that. Might backfire. <laughs> yeah, as long as we, we got leave. hit on. Anna and I got hit on when we went to the cubby hole the other night. Yeah, it was great. It was that um uh that Selena Gomez song um Calm Down like where she sings with the other person like and then I was just dancing and this woman comes up to talk to me and she's like oh are you guys together are you guys taken and I was like 
I was like, oh, yeah, we're together. Um, and then she's like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Step back down. And then she was like, I asked because I just really love this song, too. We're like, oh, we like this song, too. And they, 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 they like, chair danced. And, like, <laughs> it's so much better when it's a woman that's hitting on you because then it's like if it's a guy, they could say the exact same thing and it'll be a thousand times creepier. Well, yeah, I'm a lesbian. There's a reason why. No, well, people who still like dicks, it's still. Yeah. Oh, I guess. Oh, I forget that oh, you guys. I forget that you guys are straight. I really I'm bi- do. Straight oh, yeah, no. you're straight adjacent and you're bi. Yeah. <laughs> bi erasure. I'm sorry. <laughs> so rude it's what? bi erasure that happens lesbians do a lot of bi erasure and i'm sorry i mean listen shouldn't do that. i definitely lean more towards guys mm-hmm. but i'm like open listen but so. i love your i love your boyfriend oh i love him i love him oh I he's mean, so cute and he's, we're so, like, he's very handsome yes he's a good he's a good guy yeah i'll show you yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's vegan now too so that's good Thank yeah god yeah uh, I can't imagine oh. actually being with you and then Oh, not, God, no. I don't well, think you could enjoy any meal. <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like when I'm going to slaughterhouses and I'm coming home with just being literally traumatized from what I've seen and and then having to come home to a partner that just doesn't understand that or is literally contributing to the issue that I'm trying to fight against, it just doesn't work. So from the beginning, I set those boundaries. I was like, listen, here's my line. I don't want to see the animal products. I don't want them around me. And I want you to respect my choice and ultimately if he didn't go vegan it wouldn't have worked because I just can't be with somebody that's literally contributing to animal cruelty like I it just doesn't make any sense down the road so that's that that ended up being fine he felt he found that he felt so much better his no I I do notice that like I do fundamentally feel better when I don't have animal products versus when I do Mm, yeah it's either stress or food. It's Almost stress. Get it was stress. <laughs> and and she healed it. No, but I think that's um I think that's important to also like understand that this is something that isn't just you're doing it for a fad. You're doing it like this is fundamentally something that is so ingrained in not only how you, you view the world, but how you think you view how you view equity and equality. That it's not just about you know, people that, that that it goes fucking deeper. It goes deeper for equity and equality, even the way that we treat different animals. Ones are some pigs are better than other pigs. It's kind of like that idea uh, with Animal Farm and communism. Like, you, you know what I mean? And I think it's important that. Have you ever met the piggy at Crest Hardware? No, there's a dog. There's a pig. At a hardware store. But do you see how excited you get by even just talking about the pig? But then it's like. What do we do? We eat a bacon, egg, and cheese in the morning. You know, like it's this. I went to the butcher's daughter and I had their fake BLT. And let me tell you, as somebody who was sent one downtime when I went away with the family, there was BLTs in like the the hotel in Cancun. I went back and got like seven BLTs. I'm sorry, but now I had that BLT at butcher's daughter. It was delightful. Mm -hmm. It it hit every bit in my brain of what I needed a BLT to hit, and it did it. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome if we could get all of these things. So there's like all the restaurants that do these items. It is great. They are amazing and delicious. I like. Those are I want to go to Planta. Yeah, they're not. It's it's not affordable for people to realistically get that quality of like product in a lot of neighborhoods, which I think is wild. And then just in general, groceries right now in whatever they are are just expensive. It's so, and that's on purpose. There's, I mean, you look at, this is agribusiness. It's all of them. It's it's one person owns one source for Nestle. It's it's one family, one farm that sends it to Nestle. That, Fuck Dole. Oh, 
and oh, and that's United Fruit Company, and that goes all, and again, all of this is connected into again. If you don't want to go from the the vegan ethical angle, and 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 we want to get other people to understand, this is fucking political corruption. This is us being told by corporations and government working together to tell us, oh, you need this, oh, you need that, when the thing is, is actually fucking killing us, that it's cheaper. I think it actually is cheaper to go plant-based if you do it the right way. And if you, like, mm-hmm. Trader Joe's has, like, you got to end. You know what it is? We have a culture of going to the supermarket for the next two weeks, where in most cultures, it's what am I eating today? What am I eating to- but that's tonight because for you dinner? you can see it. Like, for my aunt's house in Italy, you look out the window and you can see where she gets her groceries from. So And the fridge is this big. Yeah, and so I think it's it's, it's all about overconsumption. And 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 again, like my mom didn't grow up eating meat. Like it became a thing like mm-hmm. I mean, listen, if I could change, literally anybody can. I don't understand what it specifically was about this issue that made me connect to it, but I think it's just a matter of it being connected to so many other issues from the environment to the animals to health, and I just saw how corrupt that it was that going vegan wasn't enough. I knew that I had to get active and speak up about it. And that's really when I started going into slaughterhouses, doing undercover investigations, getting into film, filming some of the just horrible abuse that I, I've seen. My how did heart you get go into my in, butt. Like, how did you get an in to be able to go to these places? Like, how did that start? <laughs> a lot of it is just sneaking in over, really? I mean, yeah, I would go okay, at when night. When she started doing this, and I found out through our coworker what she was doing, and, and you were sneaking in, and I'm like, oh, my God. She's going to get arrested. She's going to go to arrested. jail. Motherfuckers have she's guns. Gonna, like, <laughs> uh, like something bad's going to happen. What is Jamie doing? If there's anybody I could imagine doing this kind of thing with that kind of hubris and bombacity, yes, it is Jamie, but it scares me. Like, it scared the fucking shit out of me that well, you started doing this. My dad was like, I keep a couple thousand dollars for bail money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, think about it this way. I'm literally just going in and rescuing animals that need care, that are sick, that are actually going to be slaughtered, you know, the next day or the the day after. I didn't know that they don't feed them or give them water. So so it's one of those things like how could something so simple... What? She didn't water? know that they so, don't give okay, them water so, well, or food. Wait, let, I just I want to backtrack to this okay. because it's one of those things where how bad could an industry really be if rescuing an animal and providing them care causes you to go to jail and be labeled as a federal terrorist of America? I mean, it yeah, you get a federal no terrorism charge. Yeah, you get a domestic so, terrorism charge. And I learned that through Orange Is the New Black. Yes. These industries will do anything and everything they can to hide the truth of what happens. Uh, I go to slaughterhouses pretty regularly to document the conditions that these animals are in. And every single slaughterhouse that I've been to, you just see these animals covered in filth. You see they're sick, snot coming out of their noses. I've seen parasites coming out of them. And it's like, people are eating this? They call this halal? They call this kosher. It's like not regulated. It's completely inhumane. And so these animals that at the slaughterhouse in Jersey that I go to, they come from Canada. They're transported around, it's around a 22 hour drive and they're not given any food. 
any water and we show up with big tanks of water and we just spray them down especially in the summer it's so hot they're just gulping water down i mean these lambs and sheep they have wool coats on and they're just stuffed in these metal crates it's just it's it's how how much does an animal have to resemble a dog to be given the right to water but you know what's even crazy if you think about it not many people so again i didn't know this stuff until i started watching your film which again i watched like this so i watch it on my phone like this Mm -hmm. and then my other hand is like this and i watch it like this so then i see her jamie's face and then when she's like, watch this. And then I'm like, eh. And again, if I can't watch it, why am I participating in it? But I don't, I think if more people actually understood how they were getting their foods, if like watching it in a store, that horrificness, like above what that is, I don't think people would eat it. Like I literally think we would all, and again, Yellow Jackets did this to me too, season one when they had to eat a person and it looked too much like a steak. That really fucked me up. It looked like one of the legs in Spain when you're when you're going past. Yeah, I mean, and it under, looks like a human being under our skin. We yeah. all have veins, tendons, bones. I mean, that's it. Literally, what lo- these... so like that started fucking with my head when I started eating. Like, and again, that started where this was going. But I think if more of us actually saw lambs panting and dying and then you're like do you really are those lamb chops worth it it's much easier to just stay comfortable and to continue in your ways continue with your family traditions it's much easier to do that than to actually look inward and be like oh my god i've been wrong my whole life like what the fuck have i been doing and it was a really painful transition for me because it was one of those things where i woke up and i was like oh my god like my values of being kind of loving animals was not aligning with my actions and then Everybody around me, family members, friends, kind of shunned me for just wanting to do the right thing. Really? Yeah. I lost. Vegans are annoying. Some vegans used to be very annoying. I do not talk with vegans. But I want to talk about that. that. The entire point of being vegan, being like, oh no, the butter is okay. That this is okay. This is no. Like, fuck out of here with your bullshit. You either are or you aren't. Don't make a big deal about ordering something at a restaurant and then be like, no, today it's fine. Oh, yeah. no. you're not vegan. No, yeah, you're not. no, you're not. No, you're not. you can call yourself maybe plant based some of the time, but vegan is a moral and ethical standpoint where you do not use any sort of animal products to as far as is practically possible. I don't, te- I don't wear cosmetics that are tested on animals. I don't go to rodeos, go to entertainment shows where animals are used. Who the I fuck mean, is going to rodeos? again. Oh my god, it's huge. The MSG, it's disgusting. I went to one rodeo. rodeo? Yeah, I went to one rodeo and I was disturbed and I never wanted to go back. The the animal abuse that exists in our society still today, from dogfighting, cockfighting, it's just it's rampant. It's almost when you actually sit down and try to process what goes on, it's it's unimaginable. So you can imagine, like when I first went vegan, it was just like my whole idyllic image of this world. I was just such a positive person. I really was kind of in my own little bubble I didn't realize the extent to how many social justice issues there were out there and 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 so it was this like veil that was taken off my face and I was just exposed to how cruel this world really was and that's and then on top of it I would go out I would rescue animals I would come back with like baby birds like and my dad would have chicken in his fridge or would have like other animals in the fridge and it just felt like this is weird uh, this is not actually helping because it's like there's already a chicken yeah, in the fridge yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah, it yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. what did i just do? what did i just yeah so and i still feel that 
we have this idea of, oh, vegans always say that they're vegan. You'll know that there's a vegan in the room because they'll always speak up about it. And the reason being is because we're so passionate about trying to end this cruelty. Like when you've seen some of the videos and when you've seen some of the stuff in person, you kind of get why yeah. I don't shut up about it. Yeah, and no, I, it's I, my part of my identity, my purpose. My yeah, but you're not a dick about it. So I would like to say I would like you to speak on dick vegans versus non-dick vegans. So like you are not an asshole. I don't like know. you know that like I'm trying like whatever. But like you're not a judgy cunt about it where other people that are vegans that are real vegans are judgy assholes and not for the not bringing people into the cause i will not let you speak about my tribe like this so it's it's brooklyn i'm sorry it's not even vegans it's brooklyn maybe it's brooklyn Brooklyn. hold up look at her she's gonna stand for her community when i first went vegan I had this passion inside of me where I was like, I am going to change the world. I'm going to go and I'm going to disrupt and I'm going to rescue. I'd like and I'm to say to that you every, are. Everything that I can. And I still am doing that. But I then over time, I mean, I've been vegan for almost six years, vegetarian a few years before that. So it's like when I then realized, okay, how can I be the most impactful and most effective? I had to start realizing, okay, well, I have to learn the facts and be able to articulate them correctly and I have to be able to relate to people and I have to look back at myself before I was vegan and how would I have woken up to this sooner and I think by being an example leading by example helping offering suggestions I think that that's because ultimately you're not going to go vegan for me you're going to do it because you yeah. believe that it's the yeah, right thing to do yeah, right. and I don't want you to go vegan for me I want and I said this to my boyfriend years ago I was like I don't want you going vegan for me because then you're going to sneak cheese behind my back or whatever behind my back. I don't want you resenting me. No, no. I want you. I want to provide you with the information so that you can then take that run and and speak up about these issues because you believe it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And I guess that's like any social justice movement that like you're impassioned about. If someone's like at the dinner table is yelling the n-word you can be like yo shut the fuck up you're not of saying course. that where you're like hey so this like carcass on the table at thanksgiving can we not do this like can we not do this too so like i mm-hmm. i see your point of like you gotta meet that- people where they are and be understand it's a it's a conversation it's a dialogue it's not like fuck you because then no one's gonna like listen yeah. if you're combative with people no one's going to actually want to like have any like well, no, I definitely, no well, I definitely know I can go vegan when I move to the woods and I'm only growing vegetables and legumes. Legumes, lentils. I mean, amazing. I really went through a journey with the activism and I kind of feel like I've finally landed on my sweet spot, which is my Jamie's Corner YouTube show, where I speak to people on the street and I have these interviews where I ask them these pressing questions about animal agriculture and about just various ways that animals are used and abused, like the horsing, horse riding Don't industry. even get me started. I scream at while I am a cross-country coach in Central Park Mm -hmm. I'm screaming Mm -hmm. at every horse and buggy in front of my students one the horse was eating wood I said excuse me sir your horse is in distress (laughs) it is chewing the wood get that horse out of here oh it's 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 disgusting disgusting i don't even want there's that horse in the window they're like why are they upstairs they're horses why are they not why are they in a building yeah why do horses live in a building did you know how did they carriage horse built i didn't know they they have ramps 
But it's one of those things where we all have these values of wanting to be kind to animals. You take children around farm animals. They want to pet them. They want to love them. They want to kiss them. And then when you tell them where these products came from, they don't usually want to eat it. I mean, you take a baby, you put the baby in a crib with an apple and a bunny rabbit. Which one do you think the baby's going to eat? It's not going to be the bunny rabbit. And it just goes to show that our instincts are not to be these ravenous carnivores that will tear its flesh apart. Like, in fact, we usually shy away from the sight of blood. We don't like that. And when you look at our intestines, they actually mirror those of herbivores. They're long and meat gets stuck and rots inside of our intestines and you look at our teeth which are actually meant for grinding uh plants or we can go like this with our mouths we can go uh horizontal with our mouths i guess you could say it is and then same with herbivores whereas carnivores it's just up and down and we also have hands not claws for picking nuts picking fruits off of trees we can pick whereas carnivores tear their their prey to shreds top of the food chain and then watch us be out in the jungle we will literally get mauled by like a freaking uh, cheetah you know what I mean it's like you we are not part of the food chain and in fact we go into the grocery store and we pick our meat off of grocery those shelves are my favorite Jamie's that are corners packaged thank you those that are, are my favorite you ever watch hers she goes into the food store and just fucks people's minds up well i just take and an she, ipad she just, she's very smart and and it's so smart and it's so well done but she just fucks your brain up thank you i try so if you see her in the the grocery I store when i was younger my cousin that was a little older worked at a grocery store and told me that they um just mix all of the bloods together to make it look fresher and like on your like ground beefs and the meats uh, and packages and mm-hmm. shit like that uh, mm-hmm. Well, and, uh, and then that's why my mom was like, and that's why we only get it from this one farm. That has I'm disgusting. Okay, well, that's disgusting. Notice no, the lighting. I'm disgusting. Notice the you lighting. lost me at blood. Yeah, yeah, no, literally, he was like, because for him, it was just like, don't think everything is pork free because we didn't eat pork. Uh, it's a mixed bag of blood. Well, notice the lighting also in the supermarkets. When you go into the meat aisle, it's different. They want to make it look more red. But ultimately, it is a it is the remains of these animals. And what happens to body parts over time when they are decaying is they turn brown, they scab, and they, they rot. And so in order to keep these body parts fresh, they actually have to put a lot of chemicals and preservatives inside of them to keep the flesh staying that red. It really is disgusting and it kind of just, it goes to show like we are not meant to be eating these products and we are certainly not meant to be eating them three times a day as much as we do. Years and years and years ago when we- Three times a day is a lie made by white supremacy. Which is also wild too. Did you? Yeah. It, I didn't know that recently what? that the the, our, the three meals a day is rooted in white supremacy. I don't know how. It's um uh the Native Americans would you know forage for their food you know as they wanted to eat. Yeah, they, I'm hungry, hungry, so let so me go out and now. get. So that was seen as savage. So we eat at set times because we are not savages. <gasps> Shut the fuck up! See. It's all rooted. It's all rooted. So should I only it's be eating breakfast and dinner? <laughs> no, you should only be eating when you're hungry. When I'm hungry. So wait, so you're telling me that, wait, so you're telling me. The way that I wait, eat that everybody wait, judges me, me for. I'm telling you, my whole life, I always had to graze. My mom always had to have a little snack <laughs> yeah. in her thing because I just wanted to, I don't want to sit and have a whole meal. I got to have a nap. I want to have just a little, little, little and a couple of hours do a little, mm-hmm. little that is how you're supposed to And eat. guess what? We wouldn't be having meats if we're just doing a little here, a little there. We're doing a little berry. We're doing a little something. I, I don't know. I love a pita chip and a dip. 
Yeah, hummus, <laughs> wonderful. Absolutely. And so it goes to show that we certainly should not be eating these products as often as we do. Uh, And that being said, I think that now we are in such an advanced society where we are sending rocket ships to the moon. We have laptops. We have technology. We are going to be developing incredible new innovations such as lab-grown meat cell-based culture meat as other people call it and basically it's not a new technology but what it is is instead of taking a entire animal raising them confining them slaughtering them they actually just grow the cells in a lab and they use this actually in hospitals for different organs Mm -hmm. and it's i think going to be the future because people always say they're like why do you care what i eat blah blah blah. i'm like i don't care what you eat as long as nobody's being harmed yeah no and i think that that's I think that is going to be the and so we need to move that governmental welfare away from farming and into this tech. Mm-hmm. If anyone needs to start of how they start to to start to consciously look at the way that they're eating and like what is something that's reasonable that someone can, can begin to look at how they eat and how it's affecting like the environment and, and veganism and how they could kind of yeah, Move I would, away from this. I would say for starters is to really just learn the facts and information. And for me, it was seeing Earthlings uh, on YouTube. It's free on YouTube. But really understanding that if you don't connect necessarily to the ethics or the animal aspect of it, that you should at least care about your health or you should care about how these industries harm people or our environment. That would be a great start. So or money, if the, that's all you care about. The three documentaries that I would recommend are Earthlings, Cowspiracy, which is on Netflix, it's about the environment, and Game Changers, okay. which goes into health and it talks all about how major athletes actually changed their diets to a plant-based diet and saw their numbers succeed, how mm-hmm. runners were able to run further and longer, weight bodybuilders were able to lift heavier weights. Uh, it's wow. really incredible. And uh, it just goes to show that our society is so deeply rooted in these myths and the dairy and egg and the meat, dairy and egg industries do a great job at putting out propaganda against plant-based products, plant-based industries. You know, the whole bro science of soy gives you boobs. I mean, listen, I would have doubled these if soy gave you <laughs> boobs. Yeah. And I- People are like, soy's going to give you cancer. I'm like, "Um, yeah, no, everything's going to give you cancer. No. I mean, there's so much bro science and myths out there that literally the dairy industry put out because they're so threatened by the future. So Think about how much money they've had behind them. It's over 100 years at this point. This started in the 1900s. Like, it's insane. Yeah. (laughs) And I would say we need to start with ourselves and we need to start, like, we are all individuals. And if each one of us says, I can make a difference, we would see a hell of a difference in our world. And I really do think that we need to be the change. And, you know, we, we can't point our fingers and say, oh, just because, you know, the people in the Antarctica can't go vegan that I can't, you know, we need to actually start with ourselves and little changes do go a long way. I will say flat out, my only regret is that I didn't go vegan sooner. That is my only regret. I really, really, I can't like thinking back on participating in these industries, harming animals. I mean, just, I can't even fathom like how I didn't know this information, you know, but I, I, I'm, I'm a resource. If anybody wants to message me on Instagram, you can, it's at it's Jamie's corner. 
I will get back to you. You can visit my website. It's jamiescorner.com. Send me an email, whatever it is. I'm happy to send over more resources your way. Remember, the change starts with us and we can support multiple social justice issues as we support this one. It's not, you know, a picking and choosing type of thing. It's one of those things that three times a day or whatever you eat, (laughs) you can vote with your dollar. While we do need to change systematically and we need to change our government subsidies over towards plant-based subsidies, we are working on that, but we need the public to then reflect those consumer choices. So, uh, yeah, thank you Bail so out much. vegetables, not banks. Mm, I love that. <laughs> I love that. And you might, if you're ever bopping around New York City, you might see Jamie with uh, a microphone in one of the many parks asking questions and showing you videos and basically stumping you on the streets. But sometimes she gets some of the greatest New York characters like that say <laughs> some of the wildest ass shit on her videos and to watch Jamie's face of like, the fuck I'm supposed to react to this. It's but she does it with such grace. Oh, thank you. Like a true New Yorker going like I gotta talk to this person on this train or it's not gonna come out good. I've had practice. Listen, it's funny because (laughs) it's one of those things where people come at me with all of these excuses, right? And they come with all these rebuttals and they think they're so original and it's like, babe, like I've heard these two thousand times more. I've heard these things two million times. Like you think I don't know the answer to this already? Like come on. The science and facts are on our side. So that's all you need. It's so great that facts are important to Americans. (laughs) (laughs) To vegans, at least. (laughs) All right. I'm Kim. I'm Khadija. And I'm Jamie. Signing on off.